And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First up, it was against the Jewish law, but God has shown me. This is what Peter says. So here we can unpack two monumental principles that the New Testament has brought to the forefront. It's not the elimination of the Jewish people, but it is a distinct change in the Jewish laws. As Peter gets it, this fundamental principle, you have to grow up this way to understand why he's having such a difficult time. And what he's finding out is that God's teachings and plans are growing. And what's amazing is that Peter is looking at this going, this isn't the way I learned it, and now I'm learning something new. Wow. Are you learning something new? Next, I should never think of anyone as impure. That's what the Lord told him. This could be a bit of what our show is all about, but no. <laughs> I don't care about your denominational background. I care that you have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, given as a gift from God the Father through his grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Our unity is in the Godhead. This does not include how the eschatology comes about, but it does include Psalm 119, verse 63, which states, I'm a companion to all who fear you and those who keep your precepts. And finally, God gives people messages. Guess how he does that? His word. Nature, dreams, miracles, and circumstances are and through prayer. But what is one of God's most common ways to speak to people? Ready? Through other people. What does this mean? That means that we need to listen up a little more carefully and listen up a little more consistently. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Nice. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Let me do that again. Oy vey. So much more. Hey, we're asking you. We're asking you so you can answer. What do you think? You can give us a call. You can email us. You can text us. First of all, the email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. What's awesome about that, my friends, is that when you make that call to nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero, you'll be talking to 
Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite! Talking to Dynamite D, man, that's like hearing your favorite song on the radio. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nice. Okay, here's the bottom line. We got somebody that we're going to bring in in just a second. But I want you to be aware that you can have a praise report, a prayer request, a question, a comment, a thought, anything like that. If you've got a recipe for brownies, we're here. We're right here for you. We're Still waiting on our apple pie. That yeah. We're waiting on an apple pie a la mode scenario. <laughs> Just waiting on that. Any topic is open for a conversation. This show is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family, which tells you that it's not professional radio. It's it's just radio, for crying out loud. Uh, but we do have somebody that's calling in. Let's give them a chance, and then we'll get to trivia afterwards. Uh, send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Good afternoon, Sergio. Hey, Sergio. How are you, my brother? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I, I worked out yesterday on the leg, and I didn't cry, fall on the ground, and uh, and 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 throw things. So I, I was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think that's uh, that's probably your best your your first step of getting back into it, right? Yeah. Well, it's the second time. Last time it ended in a disaster, and I was at the hospital, and they had to give me morphine. So this time, I'm just hoping to take it slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, David, I've uh, I've got more or less of a question or somewhat of a of a of a thought. Maybe you can expand on sure. it. It's kind of goes hand in hand with you know the the uh, season that we're in. I think you know, obviously, a week from today is Thanksgiving, and and I've read and I've heard that obviously every time I call in, I I always give you the disclaimer. I'm not going to quote it, but I think it goes something like, "In everything, we should give thanks." Right. Correct. And, for, and, and, and everything we should give thanks. I think that's like a commandment or that's a statement that Jesus Christ said. Right. It's so a, it's my actually, question to you. Go it, ahead. I'm sorry. It's actually it's two verses. It's three verses from Paul. But there's but I oh. mean, just so you can know, but there's three separate verses on it. But go ahead. OK, so. So so during the, the good times in life, right, whenever you're with your family, it's Thanksgiving dinner. It's it's easy to give thanks, right? Right. I mean, everything's cool. Like during the easy times, it's easy to give thanks. But help me get my head around and explain it in the way that you can explain it. Should we be giving thanks whenever a tragedy exists or a tragedy happens or something that happens in our life? Excellent. Am I getting Excellent that question. statement correct? Yeah, and you're you're asking it correctly. And you're pursuing it correctly. So uh, you can either you can either stay on the line, which you know you're always welcome to. You can hang up, and I will give you an answer because the answer is really superbly, superbly important. Okay, and so your uh, your question is spot on. Listen, David, and thank you so much for all you do. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you, brother. God bless you. All right, I'm going to read two passages, and this is a question Sergio is asking, and the question is just as legitimate as it gets. Okay, we're supposed to give thanks. We got Thanksgiving coming up. We're supposed to be a thankful people. There's something that we need to say about that, though. We need to look at the verses and make sure we understand what it's saying. What it's saying. In Ephesians 5.20, it says, Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the two questions to ask are, do you give thanks always for all things? Well, that's what it says. It's like, Oh, is that what it means? 
Okay, that's what it says. <laughs> See, So people are like, well, I don't know how to do that. I got it. Let me get to the next verse, and we'll deal with that in a second. And then the next verse that we, we need to be aware of is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You want to know what the will of God is? It's to be thankful. That's not hard to do when things are going good. Right to be thankful is relatively easy when things are are smoking along and you're doing great and you're feeling great. Right? What about when things are hard? Okay. What about when they're difficult? What about when there's a tragedy? What about when there's a divorce? What about when there's problems in relationships, finances, and different things like that? So the question is, do you thank God for the specific tragedy? Or are you thankful that in the tragedy, God will yet bring something about that is good? And that becomes the difference. You're not thankful for the divorce itself, for the addiction itself, for the tragedy itself. But what you're thankful for is Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And your thanksgiving is based on your faith that God will take that which is painful and difficult and turn it into a triumph. So the, the argument becomes some people are like, well, I'm not going to give thanks for everything because I'm going through the tragedy. But the response to that is you can give thanks for everything if you're operating in faith because you believe that God is going to take that circumstance and reshape it at some point to be something good and something effective. So the argument that people make is, but I don't want to give thanks because it doesn't feel like it's the right thing to give thanks for. But that's the difference between faith and feelings. You as a Christian, a Bible-believing, born-again Christian who knows that God created the universe and he can write a book, you are expressing thanksgiving to God, the character of God, that he will take the tragedy and turn it into a triumph. And if you're trying to figure out, well, how do you know that that's effective? The death of Jesus Christ is a tragedy. It turns into a triumph through the resurrection. And Jesus was able to endure the cross, despising the shame, knowing that the joy that was set before him would be the sustaining element to keep him going. And while he was going through the crucifixion process, and while he was, it was a tragedy in and of itself, it had a purpose and an end to it that would be glorious and awesome. And when you're going through what you're going through, instead of being so focused on how it feels on the moment or think of how, how intense the pain is at the moment, look at it in faith. We walk by faith and not by sight, the Bible says, and see that God in his character, in his ability, in his miraculous power can take that one thing and make it the biggest, best thing ever. I can tell you just from a personal point of view that the worst possible church experience I went through has turned into 40 years of ministry to help encourage people in the faith. 
Did that work out for good? You bet. Did it feel that way when I went through it? Not a chance. Did I thank God every moment? Not really. Should I have? Yeah, I should have trusted him more. What is it that Job said? Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. So it's all about our faith and trusting the character of God in our circumstances. Can you be thankful for what's happening and it's just a tragedy? Very difficult in the midst of the tragedy, but real faith says there is a day beyond this that God steps his, uh, his, puts his hand into the situation and makes it something completely different. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe his word. And then you're not a Bible believer. See, see how, see how, oh, that's irritating, Dave. I know. But God, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14, God always leads us into triumph. How often is always? Let me think. Hold on. Always. <laughs> I don't know. And yes, you're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. And let's just be honest. Some of those Thanksgiving dinners, some of the Christians are going to be there. They're going to be biting their lips. Other Christians are going to go, that's it. I can't take it. And freak out. I know. I know. I know. I know. God is going to take everything in a believer's life and take as much yuck as there is and turn it into silver and gold. You want to know why? Because he's a miracle working God and he loves you. And that's the commitment that he made to you. There you go. Okay, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no baloney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, if anybody gets offended at this, I apologize that you have no sense of humor. Okay. Uh, like that? That's a good line. <laughs> bam, bam. All right, uh, here's the first one. A pastor was leaving his area and was saying farewell to his congregation at the church door for the last time. He shook the hand of an elderly lady as she walked out. She said, your successor won't be as good as you. Well, nonsense, said the pastor in a flattered tone. 
No, really, said the old lady. I've been here under five different ministers, and each new one has been worse than the last. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. But this one, this is the one that's going to offend people, which is irony, right? Because that's more offensive than this is, and this is just too f- – and if you guys get offended at this, I – you know, take a, take a week off the show. Uh, it seems there was a minister who had just all of his remaining teeth pulled and new dentures were being made. The first Sunday, he only preached 10 minutes. The second Sunday, he preached 20 minutes. But the third Sunday, he preached an hour and 25 minutes. When asked about this by some of the congregation, he responded this way. The first Sunday, my gums were so sore it hurt to talk. The second Sunday, my dentures were hurting a lot. The third Sunday, I accidentally grabbed my wife's dentures, and I couldn't stop talking. (laughs) Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where Sergio, our great, great brother, asked a wonderful question about Thanksgiving. And so we went after it, and Dave went after it with a little bit of a little bit of gusto. A, little, a lot of gusto. A really gusto fervent. going on there. And I don't want anybody to misunderstand on some of this. You know, When you're looking at these situations by faith and being thankful, that doesn't mean you don't cry that doesn't mean you don't hurt that doesn't mean you're not wounded but you are looking past that with the heart saying god will change and bring about that which he desires which is good because why god is good all the time and all the time god is good and so he brings about good for his very own kids. Does that mean that everything will be super easy? No. Does that mean every moment is super simple? No. Does that mean some things hurt? Yes. Jesus wept even though Lazarus was getting up in like 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. But Jesus wept because of all the pain and the grief that were going on for Martha and Mary. And he knew that was going to come to an end. But you still share the pain. You still go through the process. But you're still looking forward. This one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and pressing forward to the things which are before. It's not always easy. And let me just say this real quickly, especially because we've been uh, doing our Job studies and stuff. There are times where you're in a situation where somebody's hurting and some tragedy has happened. There are times where it's better for you to give no counsel, just shut up and sit there and be there. Because being there is as effective as anything else. You don't have to always give an answer or fill the air like I do. (laughs) Okay. You know who taught me that? My wife. (laughs) 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 Fill the air in there. You don't have to do it here at the house. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Move on from there. So it was an excellent question, and I'm very, very proud of Sergio. Sergio is a great brother. I love that he just asks it and goes towards it. And, again, it is easy to give Thanksgiving when things are, are well. It's real faith that says, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even like what's going on, but I love you and I trust you, and I'm going to thank you for it in advance. I mean, there's no error in that. Now, there's some people that get weird about it. You ever see those people? There's a, every third sentence is, you know, 
they're either thinking or saying it's, it's like calm down. <laughs> Maybe it's a certain type of religion or sect yeah, or something. Nothing there. Uh, okay, so uh, we do have to do our teaching, but I want to do the next trivia question. So the next trivia question is this, uh, and that is, so we did the first one was, how many disciples did Jesus send to prep for the Passover? Remember that? That was our first question. The answer was two. Here's your next trivia question. Very, very challenging question. According to the Gospel of Mark, right? What was the person carrying that the Passover preparers were supposed to see in order to follow that person. Ah, 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 ah. That's a good one, huh? So in other words, we know there were two disciples that went, but Jesus said to look for uh, somebody uh, carrying something. What was it that they were carrying that they were supposed to be looking for that that person was, was uh, carrying? If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770 if you want to uh, answer the trivia via the radio and the phone. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. Okay? All right. Wow. Deb. Aunt Deb. Pow, pow. Nice job, Aunt Deb. Nice job. Um, okay. Here we go. I just didn't expect it. I shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> it's like, wow. I can't believe she you got finally it. got one right. Oh, it's just terrible. You know, she's on our board. I should probably be really careful when I say stuff like that. All right. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to skip on the humor one. If the joke is good, but anybody who likes lawyers is going to get mad at me because it's a lawyer joke. It'll be okay. It's funny, but we'll just wait because I got I have a lot I got to do here. Okay. I want to go back to this uh, axe, the axe thing because it's superbly important. And then the other thing I do want to tell you is uh, don't forget about the SMU tickets. If you know somebody that likes the game, you can have them call in on the show. We won't get mad at them. That's not, you know, it's all part of it. In fact, somebody is calling in, so we will give them a, a chance to respond. If you know somebody wants tickets to the game for the 26th, we would we just want to make sure that they go and they enjoy it, and then it's on us. It's kind of like that's the attitude that we have about that. Okay. Oh, also, also, don't forget we do have next week the Thanksgiving schedule. So the Thanksgiving schedule next week is I'm not here on Thanksgiving. Bad news. <laughs> Guess what? I'm not here the day after Thanksgiving. Bad news. Right? right. There'll be replays. You'll be thinking, why aren't you in the studio? <laughs> That's funny. Because I want to walk and my, life, my wife is strong. Anyway, that's why. No comment. I'm just going to leave it there. All right, send the person through to answer the trivia question. Go ahead. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, Dr. David. Will Rogers. Hey, Will Rogers. How are you, my brother? I'm great. I hope you're a lot better. I'm doing pretty good today, I got to say. I'm, I'm feeling it today. So thank you for asking me, bro. All right, this is a great question because it's a good follow-up question to the first one. So here is the question. What was the person carrying that the Passover dinner preparers were, were they were supposed to follow a person carrying something? What was that? Well, it was a guy, and he was carrying a jar of water, which is unusual for guys. Exactly. Oh, this is he gets a double on that. That's really good. Very, very interesting. 
that that particular thing is that is normally somebody else's uh, uh, domestic responsibility. Usually a woman would do that. And that's a guy that's doing that, which is the challenge to, you know, so many people, it should be like this. It should be like this. Look, when my wife works 12 hour shifts, three days in a row, I help do the laundry and the dishes. I don't want to hear anything about it. You got to be kidding me. So, uh, you know, like in that kind of thing, Jesus was very specific, pointing that out. What an interesting mark that was, though. And what an excellent answer you gave. You're smarter than I am. That's a pretty good job right there, brother. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> you too. All right, you, you take care. Day, sir. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Excellent, excellent answer. See, and that was very unusual because a woman would normally carry the picture. So it's like, in a certain sense, you couldn't miss it. This is one of the things that you really want to say to people, and I can tell how this uh, Acts teaching is going, but you really want to say this. So we ask the Lord to show us something, right? I mean, Lord, show us this. Give us a sign. Give us an indicate fleece or whatever we talked about, right? When the Lord shows something, you don't miss it. You don't go, is is that God? Is it really him? Yeah. Is that really him? You know, when somebody can't see and they're blind and then the Lord touches them and then they're not blind, it's like, that's God. Okay. So you don't, it's like you don't need a lot behind that. Well, in this case, it's a very unusual mark or a very unusual sign, and there was no way to miss it. And it's worthwhile to say the Lord, when he tells you something's going to happen and it's from him, you, you will know. You will get it. And if you don't get it, he has this wonderful capacity to knock you off your donkey <laughs> and go, hey, Word to which you will reply, yes, sir. <laughs> Not anything else, but yes, sir. In other words, the, if the Lord needs to get your attention, he's quite capable. Okay? In multiple ways. In multiple, exactly right. I you know, I think that one fill that I do, if God wanted to turn everybody into a fish, he could. It's like, that's true, people. I mean, no, no, he could. Yes, he could. <laughs> so you can just go, everybody's a fish. Bing. Everybody be a fish. That's it. So just, you know, like, calm it down. <laughs> bring it to, and what a great. Mark that was an unusual sight, an unusual sign, and the Jesus said, "This is what you're going to see." That's what they saw, and then they went and helped prepare the Passover dinner. I love that. How do you not love that? All right. The reason that we're going to break is because I have this whole axe thing to teach that I haven't taught yet. Well, that's all right. We'll just do our best. So we'll break here, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Here is a DDD uh, entitled Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. Custom Eyeglasses Used on Others. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 9. So Saul watched David jealously from that day forward. Uh, stop. There it is. So Saul watched David jealously. From that day forward, how do we see people in our lives? Saul saw David through jealous glasses. He put on these glasses. They weren't the ones from the Lord. 
right? They were glasses that had much more flesh in them, and then everything was tainted. This is what happens to you and I, and let's just do the honest, you know, those honest moments where we put on our glasses regarding regarding some people because almost every time we get a communication from them, there's just something coming that's just low. This is going to be lousy. I haven't even opened it. I'm already dreading it, right? Have you ever gone through that, right? Or every time this person texts me, I'm not smiling after I read it or something along those lines. And it could be somebody who, you know, has got a spirit of complaining. It could be somebody that's got a, a spirit of pride. It could be any of those things, right? And you're just like going, oy vey, right? But you're not saying it much, but you know how you're seeing it. And that's custom glasses. You've already put the glasses on. You've already determined how it's going to be. You're already seeing it through that slant. It's not that they've never done anything. It's just that you and I tend to stay in those zones and see people that way. And so no matter what was going to happen with Saul and King Saul and David, David was going to impute evil motives to Saul's actions. I've gone through this with a professor. I'm just confessing. Right. I had a professor uh, before we started the radio show and my buddy in the in the process was a pastor was my like a schoolmate. And he would write me and go, what's why does she, you know, jump on you like that? I mean, he was asking me. Right. And I'm like, every time this (laughs) statement, I, I just and I just and instead of having any kind of change of heart or mercy, I was I was mad. But my anger did not work the righteousness of God. And sometimes people do that because of other reasons. It's not because of you. And we need to do a better job of not wearing custom glasses where we see the downside on people. So the question to ask is what kind of glasses do we use with others? And are those glasses approved prescription glasses from God? Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question. This is a little easier, just a little bit easier, okay? At the end of the Last Supper, before they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, what did the, all the people, Jesus and the disciples, sing? What did they sing? Aha! Aha! They sang something. What was it? Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. This is your easy question, by the way. Uh, 972-445-0770. Eric gets the pow-pow on that. Very nice. Uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email david at he must increase.org. Gonna send you up to the website because that's what we do at this point. Uh, two things to remind you of. Don't forget, like I mentioned, there's gonna be a Thanksgiving schedule that we'll tell you about next week. Plus, also an opportunity uh, on the website to give to the ministry, which we would greatly appreciate. If you're able to do that, please check out he must increase.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? 
HeMustIncrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org. HeMustIncrease.org. <laughs> Platinum record. That's what I say. I was thinking tornado. <laughs> A tornado. <laughs> all right, trivia question. After they were all done with the dinner, okay, this is the last supper. We're not talking about who got the bill. After they were all done with dinner, Jesus and the disciples, everybody, sang something. What did they sing according to the Gospel of Mark? All these questions are according to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. If you did not hear the first segment of our show, Sergio called and asked a phenomenal question. And then uh, Dave went on a rant. Well, it's always good for me to go on a rant every once in a while. And uh, I think it was very helpful. And if you did not hear that, you should hear that because it's very helpful for people to understand these kind of things. Uh, It has to do with Thanksgiving at the tough times. Okay? Thanksgiving at the tough times. And then uh, we will do our uh, history in the next section. But somebody is calling in to answer a trivia question. So let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. You know what? I thought of you because I worked out on my knee, and I know you've been praying for me, and it it did really well. I was like, wow. I I thought I was going to be, like, super wincing. (laughs) But you weren't. I wasn't. Yeah. I was just like, all right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's, It's moving along. It's moving along. All right. Uh, so thank you for all the prayers that you do uh, pray for us and for the audience. We appreciate okay. that. All right, here we go. Ready? What did Jesus and all the disciples and any and all who were there at the end of the dinner, but before the Garden of Gethsemane, what did they sing? They sang a hymn. That is correct, Amundo! So traditionally, they think it's the hymn that co- that combines Psalm 115 and Psalm 118. Typically, that was from the Jewish culture, what was saying at the end of a Passover dinner. And that might be, I mean, I don't, you just don't know if that's the specific one or not. But that's an excellent call. And apparently, Jesus liked hymns. They sang them. So there you go. <laughs> that would be support for the hymns. Great job, brother. Do we know how Al's wife is doing? Uh, he did give a report the other day. So, and I'm, if you missed it, I apologize for that. He, he, they are doing much better than they were. So she is doing a lot better. And he called and he actually called in and gave thanks that they've made the progress and people are praying. Of course, you want to keep praying for them, but they have made some serious, steady progress. And that, my brother, is a great thing. Is she still in the hospital or? Do uh, no, she is out now. So, she's so at home. yeah, at home. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yep. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And it's another. Him. It's another thing to go. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Right. I thank him all day. throughout the day. I give him thanks for things. Amen, brother. And that's the way to do it. I mean, you to have a thankful heart. You can have a, a frustrated heart or a thankful heart, but one of those doesn't sound fun. So. 
<laughs> I'd rather be a thankful person. Well, I'll keep praying for all of you, and uh, God bless you. All right, you too, brother. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, I want to get to the text because thus far I haven't, even, I haven't even read Acts yet. Where It's 2.36. I haven't read Acts. Let me read this, okay? Peter, remember, this is Peter. He goes and he meets Cornelius, which I just love this whole story. I could just teach on this like forever and a day. But Peter uh, told them, you know it's against the Jewish laws for me to come into a Gentile home like this, but God has shown me I should never think of anyone as impure. So I came as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send some men to Yapa and summon Simon Peter. He's staying in the house of Simon the leather worker who lives near the shore. So I sent for you at once and it is good of you to come. Now here we are waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. This is so fantastic. So the, the first thing Peter says is, just a, uh, it's against the Jewish laws for me to come into your house. Okay? That, he's not even, okay, uh, you know, I'm not supposed to come in here. Not kosher. You know the little K with the circle around it? Not kosher. But look what he says. But God has shown me. <laughs> in other words, you see, this is the key to growing up in the Lord. We get a set of understandings or principles. And this is why you'll hear me say I'm Calminian, Bapticostal, uh, manifold millennialist, which means I think that all of the eschatologies are excellent. Uh, here's the reason behind it. Because what we do is we lock in. Now, I'm not talking about salvation coming from somebody else. Salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. It is a gift from God. It is given by the grace of God. It is received on our end gladly, joyfully. We repent, turn our hearts towards the Lord. None of that. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about all the other stuff because there's a thousand items and we seem to focus in on the five or six items that we would disagree on. Well, there's just so many that much that we agree on. But here, Peter is telling you, this is how I was raised. This is the Jewish law. This is the custom. For me to do this is wrong. But God said, no, you're wrong. Now, how challenging is it when the Lord teaches you or tries to instruct you, if you're willing to listen, that what you've thought for your entire life is a little different than what he's got? In this case, it's magnificently different. Jewish people are clean. Gentiles are unclean. Here's what God is saying. Wrong. I mean, it's just like, just, just think about what has got to be going through his mind. And he's like, you know, I mean, I'm not even supposed to come into your house, but God, God has told me, don't do that. And the reason is because God is in charge. And you might think, well, you know, it's a misunderstanding of the law by Peter and so on and so forth. No, no. What the Lord is showing him is that God has people in every group, every nation, every tongue, everywhere. There are people that fear the Lord. He has people everywhere. And the Lord has shown him. And you know what Peter did? He grew up a little. I, you know, it's, it's, but that's what he did. 
He didn't so stick in his traditions that he couldn't hear something. That's what happens. That's my, that's my, I think you guys know me pretty well. That's my argument in the church. My argument in the church is not that people hold different beliefs. It's my argument in the church is they hold those beliefs to such a degree they won't fellowship with other Christians. It's like, that's absurd. It's absurd. If the unity is in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, your little box, you know, box of theology should not be in the way. I mean, there's no, I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. And what's great is being Jewish gives me just enough audacity to pull that off. <laughs> so here's what I'm trying to say about that. God has shown me. I should never think of anybody as, as impure. I shouldn't do that. That's not the way to do it. Why? Because God is much bigger. God is much wiser. And now Peter's learning a new thing, and you know what he's doing? He's like going, all right, let's, let's see where this baby goes. So some of you, I'll, I'll use this as an example. Don't get mad at me, and I'm not trying to do the pride thing. I'm trying to give an illustration, so don't get mad. What I'm trying to say is some of you, you know, you've never heard this show, and then you come and you hear the show, and you're thinking, this guy's a nut job, which is true. Uh, but a different perspective, I, I bring multiple perspectives on purpose because I think multiple perspectives are cool. It's not just one way. It's not my way or the highway. It's his way. And his, remember, there's one way in through Jesus Christ. And then once you're in, it's a little bit bigger once you get in the door, right? How big is it? Well, the pathway in is narrow, right? But we all have mansions. So once you get through the pathway, there's a lot of, a lot of real estate there. It's a pretty, pretty big territory. And so Peter says, you know, it's not it's, it's against the Jewish law for me to come to the Gentile home like this. God has shown me, don't do that. Don't think that way. Stop that. So I came as soon as, as you told me to. Then this is Cornelius replies, four days ago I was praying in the house at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That kind of shows Peter this guy has a devotion to the Lord. I mean, I, just if you're trying to figure that out, this is why that's included. And he goes, suddenly a man in dazzling clothes. Everybody knew what dazzling clothes meant. Angel, angel, angel's got a message. Here we go. Man in dazzling clothes, standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Hey, here's something. Forget giving to this ministry in this one little moment right here. Giving to the poor gets noticed by God. I mean, we, I, I, I make fun of the political people that do it because I think that they're all Judases. <laughs> okay. That they're they're doing it so they can line their own pockets. And I, that's exactly what the scripture says about Judas. But don't misunderstand. Giving to the poor is something God takes notice of. And not just to your ministry and not just your church. And yes, I think it is good that you give to your church or the ministry and they give to the poor. Right? I think that's good. But you know what I think is better? Do that plus give to the poor directly. And you'll, you'll experience with them with those people, that blessing. You'll participate in that, not from a distance, but up close. Just a challenge for you to think about. We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. There's so much more. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. Verse 39, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40, meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the city of Azotus. 
He preached the good news there and in every city along the way until he came to Caesarea. He was in Caesarea, by the way, for 20 years, which explains why he had the daughters. But here's what I want you to catch. While he was en route, he landed in the Isotis. However he got from point A to point B is amazing. We don't even know. But what he did was he preached the gospel in every city along the way until he came to his destination. And if you cannot recognize, that is a testimony from God saying you take the gospel wherever you go until you reach your destination, which is either you being called up to the Lord personally, corporately, or however it's going to take place. Every place we go Everywhere we are, we take the gospel. That does not mean you grab a uh, a a you know microphone. It does not mean you grab some kind of uh, horn, bullhorn, and scream at people with the gospel. You just make sure that you are sensitive. That's the very DNA we talk about all the time. You're sensitive to the Lord. You're taking the gospel with you wherever you go. You're recognizing that wherever you go, you might have a one-time encounter with somebody, and they might make a decision for Jesus just based on that encounter. Noel and I had that exact thing happen on our way from San Diego to Rockwell, to Fate. And we met somebody at a, from a hotel that we were at and talked to them one time and prayed with her, and she became a Christian. And we never saw her again. It's not, it's not our call. It's up to the Lord. Just be available. You don't have to be that's the word I'm looking for. You don't have to be Billy Graham. Like I said, Billy Graham wasn't Billy Graham. In other words, just be yourself. Be available. You never know what the Lord will do and how he'll use that. Okay? That's what's so cool about this text. Now we finished up to chapter 8. Now Acts chapter 9 we're going into Saul. And that is some serious stuff. Here is the trivia question. What was the affliction of the woman who was touched uh, who touched the hem of Jesus's robe, and she had an issue with bleeding, an issue of blood, for uh, quite some time, as we know, 12 years. The issue of blood, that is what she sought the Lord for, and she touched him, and then Jesus healed her physically, socially, psychologically, and emotionally all together at one time. Isn't that cool? Jesus is cool. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our last trivia question again in the Gospel of Mark chapter 14. Who said to Jesus, even if all fall away, I won't. Who said that to Jesus? You guys should know that one. 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at he must org would be the email. We do have somebody calling in, so we're going to give them a chance or an opportunity 
the end of this uh, text that we're teaching on an axe is so good. It's so good. It's just, oh, I love it. And then after, so after the call, we'll do the history, and then we'll do the rest of the text. So let's send the person on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, this is a spoon and eyes. <laughs> because I've been dark, dark-nated with the Dr. Um, Spoon's theology. Ah, that's that's that that can be good and that can be bad. I'm sorry that that cut out. I'm sorry that cut okay. out for you. Huh? The answer is Cephas. That is Peter. correct, Cephas. That is correct. It is Peter. Peter is like I don't care if everybody else falls away. I'm not falling away. Yeah. All right. How you doing, my brother? Good. Hey, I need to share a dream with you. Okay. Yeah, I saw a dream that. Uh, that you were with Jesus and you were asking him some question and you asked, Jesus, how long a million year for you? And he said, just a second. And then you ask a secondary question. Jesus, how, how much is a billion dollars for you? He said, well, kind of penny. So then you ask, Jesus, can I have a penny? He said, just wait a second. <laughs> You kill it. You know, only on this show could you call up and tell a joke. I just want to point that out to you. <laughs> and by the way, and by the way, that's not untrue that I've asked for that. So I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, by the way, it wasn't a dream; it's a joke. Yes, so. I know. Good. Very hey, good. Beside this joke, uh, I don't know, like, uh, what's happening. Uh, some of my relationship, one of my good friends, his brother died a few days ago, and his mom is having some difficult time. So I'm praying for for his mom, and her name is Jean. And, uh, yeah, I would like uh, our audience to pray with me for Jean's comfort. All right, let's do it. Let's do it together, and then we'll also put that on and the audience. And if my phone dies, don't worry about All right, it. You got it. You got it. I got you. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Jane to you that some of the people in Samson's life, they're going through some very, very tough times, Lord. And the reason that he's there is to be the intercessory, to be the person that prays, to be the, be the person that stands in the gap. And we also pray as an audience that you would bring comfort to Jane and to some of these people that are hurting, having a lot of tough things happen. We ask for your grace and your mercy. You are the God of comfort, and we need these people to, to be touched by that comfort so they can stand firm in the faith, Lord. We pray for their salvations. We pray for their retention of confidence in the faithfulness of you, Lord. Let them know you're with them and by their side. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, Dr. Spoon. You are more than welcome, my brother. Love you in the Lord, ma'am. Uh, same here. All right. Bye from Bye-bye. Oh. Okay, so there's Samson. This was good. So Eric tried to call him. His phone cut out or our phone cut out? Well, that's Eric, that was close, huh? <laughs> okay. Uh, history, and then we got to finish up the teaching. And what do you see this last little teaching? He's going to say something you've probably not heard before. So let's do history sound. All right, today is Electronic Greeting Card Gay, which probably made Hallmark not that excited, I would guess. But this, this, is, this, is, this is a big one. Ready? 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 Homemade Bread Day. 
Yum. 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 Uh, also, National Baklava Day. I'm a big baklava fan, so for those that are trying to figure that out, yes, that is a great thing. Uh, 1800, on this day, the first session of Congress is held in the United States Capitol Building. 1800, on this day, and five hours later, all the mess begins. Anyway, okay, here we go. <laughs> it was a joke. Uh, 1970, the computer mouse is patented by Douglas Engelbert. Engelbert. I don't know. I guess it's a mouse because it squeaks in there and goes and finds stuff. I don't know why that is. Uh, 1992, NBC, talk about fake news. Uh, Dateline aired a segment showing a GM truck exploding with a car crash test, not disclosing they'd used an explosive device to ensure that it would explode. You know, all, everybody in the Always world. Always surprised. I mean, you should all just like go, okay. <laughs> okay. Hello, this is the news. No, it isn't. Anyway, and uh, that's kind of about all you need to know about that because I need to finish up on the on the history. Not the history, on the teaching. All right, good job. All right, bread, though, right? Come on, bread, bread. All right. D's with me on that one. All right, let me finish this. I want to show you something. This is going to be – this is where – this is where slowing down the reading when you're reading can really help. I'm going to be totally serious. I can do this exegetically in a bunch of different ways. I don't want to do that. I want to show you when I read this what I'm pulling out of this, okay? So remember, Peter, he's like, oh, I shouldn't be here. This is a kind of a weird thing. Okay, well, I'm here. God's showing me. And uh, so why did you call me here? And Cornelius is like, well, four days ago I was praying in my house. Okay, it's like, cool, you're praying. And uh, the, the angel came, a guy dazzling, dazzling clothes. We know that's an angel. He told Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. Your gifts for the poor have been noticed. Oh, that's really nice. Now send men to Yopin and summon Simon Peter. He's staying at the house or the home of Simon the leather worker who lives near the shore, which is pretty interesting because Jewish people and leather workers never hung out. And so that you already can tell that the Lord's been working this in Peter, kind of massaging in, just like he does to us. And then verse 33, So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now here we are, waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Before you break into, okay, it's exciting because it's the gospel for the Gentiles, I want you to catch Cornelius and his spirit and what's going on here. This is not a guy that's unfamiliar with the Lord. In fact, his prayers uh, are, are, are heard by God, and his gifts to the poor are noticed by God, and Cornelius is like a guy that's like God likes him. This isn't a this isn't some guy that God doesn't like. Here's what I want you to see about Cornelius that doesn't get taught a lot. Look at what he says. Now, here we are waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Now just stop for a second. Stop. Stop. Stop all the theologies, all the other stuff. Practical. Be a practical person. Cornelius, powerful guy, not the most powerful, powerful guy, is like, okay, it's awesome that you came. In fact, he expected him to come. We talked about expectation the other day because he had all his family and all his friends there. He goes, now we're here waiting to hear the message the Lord has given you. It's not that Cornelius didn't know God. It's that Cornelius wanted to know God more. That's right there. If you can catch it, you can. If you can 
if you can seize it, if you can understand it. He's like, he's a guy that the Lord knows. The Lord hears his prayers. Well, he's given to the poor. God's taking notice. And here's the response that Cornelius gives to the apostle, who's one of the most powerful people in the movement. He's like, what else does God have to say? That's what he's asking. He wants to know more of God. And I've told you a hundred times, if not a thousand times, because I think we've done a thousand shows, the answer is always more of God. It's not sometimes more of God. It is always more of God. The most important thing in all of our existence is that connection, that relationship. It's the only thing you're taking with you. When you're when you're done, you're gonna your physical body, nothing's going forward, but that which you have connected with the Lord in. And there's Cornelius at the moment before the big breakdown, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was talking about uh, in two weeks, because uh, two a week from today with Thanksgiving, and he's like, "More, I want more of God." That's the way to think it. Okay. All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.